Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good morning. This is Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. I'm a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist in New York City, and I'm bringing to you all things health-related for women. Thank you for joining me at GYN Corner today. And let's see, today I thought I would do what I think is going to be a brief or a quick uh, presentation based on a question I received just um, um, three days ago uh, from a patient here in the office. She asked about, um, or um, she was discussing sweat issues that she was having and a rash that she was ask, uh, having and she asked about using talcum powder or cornstarch in the genital area to help with the odor and the sweat and everything that we had been discussing and uh, it brought me to discuss with her and now I'm going to mention in this presentation, discuss in this presentation about the use of talcum powder talcum powder in the genitalia area. So I know for, uh, I think the talcum industry has been available for about 125, 130 years. And probably for that entire time, most women have used talcum powder on their baby's bottoms and uh, diaper area to prevent diaper rash, decrease moisture and sweat accumulation. And a lot of women have been using talcum powder in the underbelly and the, um, genital area to decrease sweat and moisture down yonder so the research is still a bit um, a bit divided but talcum is basically ground up rock minerals so it's ground up um, rock minerals and there are two different types of talcum one major type that was the predominant type for about a hundred years uh, a little under 100 years has been the talc that has asbestos in it and asbestos is a known carcinogen that's what causes the mesothelioma mesothelioma i know a lot of people have seen the commercials years ago with the mesothelioma for the uh, miners who worked in the, the mines and were exposed to asbestos or um, that asbestos has been removed from a lot of them the homes that had it inside the uh, wall. So asbestos is known uh, to provoke or to induce cancer. And the majority of talc or talcum powder uh, had asbestos in it. So since around the 1970s or so, the um, United States legislature has um, uh, mandated that asbestos not be uh, that the talcum powder not contain asbestos. So the majority of talcum powder in the last 30 to 40 years has not had asbestos in it, but the research is still questioning if the uh, usage, the habitual usage of talcum powder in the genitals has increased the risk or the rate of ovarian cancer for some women. Now ovarian cancer is, even though we hear about it a lot, it's a relatively rare cancer. It's only about 1% of women will get ovarian slash uh, uh, fallopian tube cancer because fallopian tube cancer is responsible for a large percentage of what we um, have identified as ovarian cancer. The fallopian tubes dump that cancer onto the ovaries and we identified it as ovarian cancer. It turns out it was really fallopian cancer, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, so basically only about 1% of women will have ovarian cancer. 
and um, the research is divided. It looks like the majority of the association between talcum and ovarian cancer was the talcum powder that had asbestos in it. But after the um, uh, the um, laws are implemented to remove the asbestos, it looks like there is still a fairly loose linkage between just the use of genital talcum powder and ovarian cancer, even though the rates are small. And that's because a lot of the research studies that were done found uh, talcum deposits in the ovaries of women who had the ovarian cancer and also that it had metastasized or spread because they found it in some of the lymph node dissections or the evaluation of the lymph nodes, they found talcum deposits in the lymph nodes for women with ovarian cancer. Now, uh, the way that would happen is pretty straightforward. Uh, if someone uses the talcum you know, powder, uses the powder, um, sprinkles it everywhere in their underwear basically and then puts that on and puts a little bit around the belly and the groin area. What happens is that talcum powder gets mobilized a bit so it travels up around that genital area up into the vaginal lips and then into the vault, the vaginal tube or the vaginal vault. And then it also will microscopically then get potentially into the cervix, depending on where she is during the cycle, how loose or open the cervix is versus closed. If she's placing it every day at some point in the cycle, it's going to be uh, amenable to um, to um, receive this, the microscopic talcum deposits into the cervix. From the cervix it goes up into the uterus and from the uterus it goes out into the fallopian tubes on either side. So it can't, and then once it's in the fallopian tubes, it can deposit onto the ovaries because the tubes are lying right approximated to the ovaries. So the, the route of transmission from the talcum powder to microscopically being delivered onto the ovaries is pretty clear cut. And then where the question is, is once that talcum powder or the, the microscopic deposits of talc lie on the ovary, the thought is that they induce an irritant response. So they become an irritant. That irritant reduces an inflammatory response, produces an inflammatory response. That inflammatory response um, causes scarification and at some point it becomes a carcinogen so that's the question but because they have seen a lot of case reports thousands of case reports now um, that have shown ovarian cancer and then talcum deposits in the ovaries and in the lymph nodes the question still remains strong if there's a direct carcinogen um, factor of talcum genital use and the women that they have seen these links in are adult women who have used it on a daily habitual regular basis for years and years and years the average has been about 25 to 30 years of usage it does not appear to be linked to baby girls who are um, who have had powder baby powder or talcum powder used in their diapers so most people most girls are only going to wear diapers for maybe the first year and a half of life at the outside maybe two years of life so a year and a half to two years or even if it's three years that's such a short amount of time it, it would not be uh, any obvious there has not been any obvious linkage to usage during the diaper years 
for causing ovarian cancer. However, adult women who use the talcum powder habitually on a daily regular basis for 20, 25, 30 years, it does look like there may be uh, a strong association. So for that reason, I always recommend to my patients not to use the talcum powder daily. If they want to use it uh, during the summer, a couple of hot days, they sweat profusely or they notice that they have a body odor when they sweat. Yeah, a couple of days, uh, what is it, during a heat wave or something like that in the summer is not going to set someone up for an, an issue according to the research. But if someone's using it just as a matter of daily hygiene for years on end, then that would definitely not be recommended because it does have a large question mark or a kind of a, a black cloud over it. So I hope that's been helpful information on the use of talcum powder and its uh, risk factor for ovarian cancer. Thank you for joining me at GYN Corner today. Have a great rest of your day and week. Bye. Thank you for joining Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. All things health related for women. Please subscribe and join us again soon for another episode.